In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As we prepare for Lent and its intensified practice of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we would be remiss if we did not address from time to time the historical tension between the practice of spiritual disciplines and the idea that salvation is a gift that does not depend upon what we do. This tension has surfaced in two periods of history. First, the New Testament doctrine of justification by faith was worked out by St. Paul in opposition to the Judaism of the Pharisees, who taught that justification was accomplished through zeal for the Torah and by doing what the New Testament refers to as, quote, the works of the law. The tension surfaced again in the Reformation of the 16th century. Here, the doctrine of justification by faith was re-emphasized in the face of certain practices of the medieval church, which implied that salvation could be accomplished, or at least greatly augmented, by religious acts, indulgences, the accumulated merits of the saints, and the like. The seminal person was Martin Luther, who found peace with God by reading Romans and applying St. Paul's arguments to the religious practices of his day. Every Christian needs to be able to hear again and again the good news that we are saved because of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. He has fulfilled the law for us. When we put our faith in him, we become part of God's people and our sins are forgiven. We receive the gift of the Spirit and are made children of God. We cry out, Abba, Father. All of this is a gift that cannot be earned or merited by any amount of prayer, almsgiving, or fasting. However, the notion that our status with God depends upon our works is not the only historical error God's people have fallen into. At the end of the Old Testament, Israel fell into the opposite error. The people believed that because they were God's people and because God lived in their midst in the temple, they were safe from their enemies and from God's judgment, even though they were not being faithful to the Torah. Their presumption and faithlessness led to the destruction of the temple and the Babylonian captivity. If we believe that the experience of coming to faith in Jesus at a past moment in time is enough to guarantee our place in the kingdom, come what may, we are misinformed. We would do well to read again the letters the risen Christ dictated to the seven churches of Asia in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. The statements by Jesus that the road to life is narrow and that many are called but few chosen and the various other New Testament warnings against unfaithfulness. The characteristic error of our time 
is much closer to the presumption of Old Testament Israel than it is to the legalism of the Pharisees or the medieval church. I have heard people warn against, quote, salvation by works. But I don't know that many people whose tortured consciences compel them to make long pilgrimages, wear hair shirts, or purchase indulgences in order to secure their salvation. However, I do know people who seem to think that their salvation is guaranteed because they have some kind of faith and believe that God will accept and forgive them no matter what they do. The prophetic message for our time is to remind people that faith is a present tense verb that implies faithfulness. God has given us the gift of salvation, but he has called us to respond to that gift by being a holy nation, a people set apart from the world, a faith that does not produce good works, a faith that does not cause us to behave in a new way, a faith that does not bear fruit, is not, by the clear teaching of the New Testament, a faith that is pleasing to God. The tension between the gift of salvation and the practice of spiritual disciplines is another biblical paradox. Salvation is, quote, a free gift, but it ends up costing everything we have. There is nothing we can do to be saved, but faith requires a lot of hard work. All who travail and are heavy laden can come to Jesus because his yoke is easy and his burden light. Yet those who come discover that, quote, he who does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. As we enter Lent and take up the Lenten fast, we must always keep these truths in their proper order. We begin by receiving the gift of salvation. Then, and only then, we work to cultivate the gift so that it will bear fruit. The whole apparatus of the Lenten fast crumbles if it is not built upon the foundation of faith. Lenten disciplines do not earn or merit God's favor. Lenten disciplines help us to get the world, the flesh, and the devil out of the way so that we can more fully experience the gift of union with God in Christ. The motive for the right practice of spiritual disciplines is love. Without love for God, all spiritual disciplines are worthless. This is what St. Paul teaches us in the epistle today. If I give all of my goods away to the poor, and if I die as a martyr for the faith, yet lack the motive of charity, agape, or love, I gain nothing at all from my actions. Love comes to us from God. St. John says, it's not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
St. Paul says, God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Lent is built upon this foundation. Lent is our response of love to God's love and nothing else. Thus, we must consider not only what am I doing for Lent, we must also consider why am I doing it. Human nature will settle for an external sense of righteousness that that lacks love. Or it will say, I have love in my heart, so it doesn't really matter what I do. Genuine discipleship mirrors the incarnation. It does the right things for the right reasons. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, where Easter awaits us on the other side of the cross. Easter will come to us as a gift and a grace, no matter what we do in Lent. Our highest and best Lenten efforts will not earn us the resurrection. But that is not why we make the effort in Lent. Lent is about opening up our lives to a greater experience of God's grace. Lent is opportunity to respond to God's love with love, to draw closer in some way, to remove some distraction, to purify our motives, to die a little more so that we might live and love more fully. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.